Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. This is one of the things that makes the Bible different than every other religious book in the world. The Quran, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Journal of Discourses, a rewritten New World Version Bible from the Jehovah's Witness. This is what makes the Bible different than every other book in the world, is prophecy. Only God knows the future, and only God knows the exactness of the future. It isn't like the predictions of Notre Dame. When the clouds rise over the third hill and four clouds appear in the sky, then you'll know that the, that the cosmos is in alignment or something. Oh, see, that's talking about, you don't know what he's talking about. But when you read about, as an example, and I use this illustration so much because it's so relevant. When the Bible says that Jerusalem will be a cup of trembling to the whole world and Israel would be a nation again, and that Jerusalem would be its capital again, and that uh, a nation that is scattered all over the world would come again into their homeland in the last days. And Jesus says, Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. It's God's timepiece. It's God's clock. And when you see the Bible coming true before your eyes. In fact, if you pick up an old commentary, like, like some of the ones that Matthew Henry and some of these ones that were written in the 1700s, and you start reading like in John, uh, Luke chapter 21, where Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles to the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. It's really weird because it says, it appears that the nation of Israel will once again be in existence. And Jerusalem will be the capital. However, I see no way that can happen. Well, that's a 1700 perspective. And here we are today. Jerusalem, in fact, is a cup of trembling to the whole world. You do find Jewish control of that. I, I know a lot of people are saying, well, the people that are living there aren't true Jews. Yes, they are. God has nothing to do with Israel anymore. He has no more to do with Israel than he does with Peru. Wrong. The Bible is relevant. Jesus said, see, I've told you before. So you know. That's how you know the real from the fake. Only God can do that. Now, he goes on and he tells us, the helper will come. I need help. You need help. You know what you got to do to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? Now, the people have asked me this question. Do you get the Holy Spirit when you get born again, or is it a second work of God? The answer is yes. Uh, what do you mean, yes? Yeah. We remember Peter was preaching to the Gentiles. The Holy Spirit, right in the middle of his sermon, falls on the Gentiles. They begin to pray with other tongues and, and all kinds of things going on. Now, those people got the Holy Spirit when they believed. Now, not everybody prays in tongues that's spirit-filled, 
1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, if you don't have that gift, you'll have one of the other gifts. That's okay. But the point is, is that Paul also asked a group of Christians, or we thought they were Christians, in Acts 19. Since you believed, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And they responded, they said, we haven't even heard of any such Holy Spirit. And he says, well, then how are you baptized? Because if you got baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you would say, who's the Holy Spirit? He goes, well, how are you baptized? John's baptism only, going back to John the Baptist. And so Paul reckons with them the gospel. This is all Acts chapter 19. Now, here's what's important about that. Is that that's the helper. If you need, if you lack power in your life as a Christian, you just say, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. That's all. It isn't a reward for being a really good Christian. There was an old song years ago that was sang in church and in youth groups. Uh, uh, me and the Lord, we got so close, we got so close, he filled me up with the Holy Ghost. Well, that's really wrong. That's not even scriptural. We get the Holy Spirit by simply asking. That's why it's called the gift of the Holy Spirit. What do you do to get a gift? Nothing. You just take it. The gift of salvation. What did you do to get it? I received it. I believed it. That's all I got to do. Well, the gift of the Holy Spirit's the same way. It's not a reward for being a really good Christian. It's simply God giving us power so we can be about daddy's business. Well, look. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Here Jesus says the peace of the world is flawed. It will always leave something missing in your life. But the peace that God gives, you can count on it. That's why you won't be afraid. Why? Because when you realize as a Christian, God's got it under control. You're his property. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, basically what you did is you gave him the pink slip the title deed of your life to him. Okay, God, I'm yours now. You take care of me. I'm letting you drive. You ever seen the bumper sticker, God is my co-pilot? Don't put that on your car. I don't want to be a co-anything. You drive, God, I'm in the backseat. You see, the problem is, is that he knows where he's going. I don't know where I'm going in life. None of us do. That's why we pray every day. We say, okay, God, open, close the doors according to your will. You know, I've gotten angry with God because he's closed doors in my life after I prayed. You know, well, you know, you got this house deal going and, you know, everything seems to be working out. Now, God, you know, if you don't want me to have this, you just, you just have the deal fall through. God says, thank you very much for the permission. Wow, it falls through. Who would you do that for? God, don't you love me anymore? God says, yeah, you asked me to intervene? I did. I stopped you from a headache. Seeing the end at the beginning. That's what God does. The Spirit of God is prophecy. God lets us see into the future via that invisible Holy Spirit to the outcome of what's going to happen. Now, he says, you have heard me say to you that I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to my father for my father is greater than I. 
Now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Again, prophecy is key in the Bible. This is what is lacking in every religion of the world. And again, we talked about this. The other thing that our God does, you'll get into these other religions and they'll all be out there telling you how to get right with God, selling flowers in airport and, 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 and going to their special classes and wearing blue and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and you just might make it, maybe. Boy, that's the kind of assurance of salvation you need, ain't it? The Bible says God gives us that. Why? Because we go to heaven, not because I'm selling flowers in airports, but because I believe in him. That brings peace. I didn't earn salvation. God gave it to me and you. We just received it. Now remember, the cults manipulate. I drive by these churches and I see how they have manipulated people. It's trying to make them earn something God has given them. What a ripoff. You know, if you give all your money, if you do this, if you do that, God just gave it. That's why it's a gift. You know what you do for a gift? Again, nothing. You receive it. We give gifts at Christmas time. Why? Because they earned it. No, then that would be a paycheck. A gift is something we receive. That's what God's given us. So we live in that gift of God, that love that he's given us, not because I deserved it, but because God's good. The, all good things, the Bible says, come down from the Father of lights. He gives us all the things we need. See, I've told you beforehand, the thing that God does too. These other religions with their burning their incense and saying their mantras and so many Hail Marys and their prayers and all these different things. And I, I'm not criticizing anybody, but I'm saying you don't need to do that to get right with God. But here's what God does do for us. The Bible says... He fixes what we broke. Only God does that. The other religions may in some way, falsely, make some way you can make peace with God. But Christianity, God tells us how to make peace with God. God made peace with us through Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And then God says, okay, now let daddy fix it. And I take in my broken life and God says, okay, don't need this, don't need this. Oh, by the way, he prunes those that he loves, the Bible says. I suppose if the rose bush could talk, it'd go, ow, 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 as you clip those branches off. But you know what? Those are suckers. They're sucking life out of you. And God goes, don't need this, don't need this, don't need this, don't need this. Now you're going to grow healthy. Never get angry with the chastisement of the Lord when he spanks or he clips. You just go, thank you, God. You know what you're doing. You know what, no, you know what needs to stay and you know what needs to go. And God then heals us. The false religions don't offer that. All they can offer in some way is, well, if you do enough good things that somehow God will be appeased and keep lightning bolts from falling on your car. Our God loves us. He loves me so much that not only... Has he taken his wrath away from me? But now God says, I'm your daddy. Let me fix it. You know, that's one of the things about an earthly father. You had a good earthly father. I did. He knew how to fix things. And I broke. There was a point in my life I think my dad got frustrated. I was breaking stuff faster than he could fix it. 
I shared with you all about how I left my tricycle behind our 57 Ford station wagon. My mom backed over it. I was horrified. That pretty metallic red paint all ran up and I, I, I just, I, I was heart sick. And I remember my dad come home from work and he says, don't park your bike there ever again. And then he put the bike in the vice, grabbed on it with his big old arms and bent it all back into shape again. I'll tell you something, that was a really valuable tricycle to me because it was the one my daddy fixed. In fact, I have found in my life the things that my dad fixed in my life mean more than if I'd ever not have broken them because I saw my dad's hand in repair. You think about it in your life. That's why the Bible says all things work together for good for those who love and are called according to his name for God's purpose. Why is that? Because God's fingerprints are on the repair work of our life. Every time you see something that's been repaired in your life, it goes, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy fixes things. We need a dad. We need a dad bad. And now, I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. This word nothing in me means basically he has no handle that he can glab onto me with. Is there a handle in your life that the devil seems to just know right where to grab you? You need to ask God to go through with his clippers and go, gloop. Satan will grab on to whatever we allow him to. You know, I'm walking with the Lord, and I'm great as long as nobody offers me any dope. And the wool, if he does, well, I'm gone. Well, you need to pray and say, okay, God. How does God go? It's different in everybody's life. Sometimes God just takes away the desire. That's what happened to my dad when he got saved. He cussed and swore and smoked anything that would burn, as he used to say. All went away. Except the Lord, gone. My mom got to save the same day. My mom didn't have any real crazy habits, but my mom had a potty mouth. She was in the military. Somebody one time says, well, your mother wears army boots. I said, yes, she does, and she'll stomp on your head. And she could outcuss a sailor. And when she got born again, I asked my mom, I said, Dad, stop smoking and drinking, all those things. What did you do? And she said, well, Mike, I didn't say God in my cuss words anymore. <laughs> Good. But there was a change. And God began the processes of clip, clip, clip. God, God doesn't just rip it all out of us all at once sometimes. It might kill us. But we're in a process. God and his forgiveness and his love gives us. And then I start seeing life through daddy's eyes. You need to see life through daddy's eyes. Dad's got a different perspective of life. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he said, our Father which art in heaven. Why is that? Do you know a heavenly perspective of your and my life will be different than mine or yours? Why? Because God sees everything at once. You know, it's like a Google thing. You know, whoa, God sees it all. Yeah, he does. Why is that? I need another perspective 
than mine in my life. The Bible says, our Father which art in heaven. He sees a different perspective. Don't give a handle to the devil. The devil's coming, but he has no part of me, has no handle on me. But that the world may know that I love the Father. As the Father gave me commandment, so I do. Arise and let us go from here. They went out to the garden of Gethsemane. That was on that night that they had that communion supper. And uh, communion is meaningless unless you're born again. Because we're celebrating, we're remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross, his blood that was shed for us, and his body that was broken so we could be healed. Now, we talked about this before. Being healed as a Christian in communion is not having a cold or a flu or a cancer healed. It is, but it's not limited to that. The Bible tells us we're a complex being. We're body, mind, and spirit. Have you ever had your soul sick, though your body is fine? Have you ever had a perfectly healthy body, but you lay your head down on your pillow at night and you can't sleep? There's something going on. There's, there's thoughts and things. We need to be healed. That's what God wants to do this morning for you. That we would remember who he is as we hold the cup. Remember, you're valuable. Jesus shed his blood for you that you could be cleaned out so he could move in, begin his work. And then his body was broken so we could be healed. Do you know our ability to love? And to be loved has been horribly damaged. Do you, do you realize this is how Hollywood makes its money? If you really want to be loved, you'll wash your teeth with shiny bright. If you really want to be loved, you'll wear this. You'll get Gucci. You'll get this. You'll get that. And we realize our ability to love and be loved has been damaged by the world. We've been jilted. I know people, I, I had an uncle. He loved this girl. I've never shared this ever in my life. He loved this girl. Her name was Loretta. Tall, good-looking guy, six foot six. My uncle was a big man. And this girl broke his heart. Mom, my family was raised at Foursquare Church as an example, and And it broke his heart because he felt that God did not give him the girl of his dreams. And so therefore, his life went into a tailspin. I remember when I was a kid. I've never shared this with anybody. I remember when I was a kid, my my parents would go down to Los Angeles, down to Skid Row, and find my uncle and bring him home, wash him up, He moved into my bedroom. I slept on the couch in the living room. And and I said, Mom, what happened? And she said, he had his heart broken by a girl. I went, ah. How scary is that? Cuts deep. We need to be healed. You can go out to all the psychologists and go through all the psycho babble that they can pour through your poor little ears and it will not heal you. But we have a God in heaven that does. The bread is for our healing. 
I ran into people that are mad at God because something happened in their life and they just can't get over it. You need to be healed. That's what the bread's about. You talk to most Christians, oh yeah, I know the cup, yeah, that's the blood of Jesus, yeah, he, he forgave us. And What's the bread for? I don't know, it's a tasty cracker that goes with the juice, I don't know. No, that's for our healing. Peter said, by his stripes we are healed. What part of your life this morning needs to be healed? Do you need to be healed from, from memories? Maybe what you've done to other people, what they've done to you? That's why we have communion. But before you have communion, you've got to be right with God. You've got to ask him into your life. We're going to do that right now. If you've never asked Christ in your life, we're going to pray right now. And then afterwards, we'll have communion and we'll celebrate. You know what's funny? This is the only thing that Jesus gave us, other than the Bible, to remember him by. Not brass crucifixes around our neck or, you know, statues in the city park or eight by... Ten glossies in the back of the church of him. He said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. I pray that this communion, maybe the first time in your life this year, will mean something different to you than before, that it's how we're healed. You know, I think a lot of times there's little things that are going on in our life that unless they're dealt with, they bother us. And it skews everything else that we do. Has anybody ever had this happen? You you lay your head down on your pillow at night, and and there's an angst in you. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's it's like an anxiety angst. If that's not a word, it should be angst. You're laying there, and so you have to kind of systematically go through, why am I uneasy in my heart right now? And you start going through it, and then you find it. Does this relate with anybody here? Maybe I'm just psychotic. Anyway. But you go through, and then you begin to deal with that. And then I zoom in, and I start praying about that particular issue. And when I start praying about that particular issue, I usually find myself falling asleep. Because I was able to deal with it. But if you don't know God, you can't deal with it. And it hurts you, and it scars you, and it can leave you on skid row. I just want to invite you this morning. If you've never received Christ, let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I invite you into my life today. I ask you now to come into me and take away everything that doesn't belong and put everything in my heart that does. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit so I won't be alone. And I want to do your will. So direct me. Give me that heart that wants to follow you. And thank you for eternal life. That I can spend my life with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. 
On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.